Hi, my name is Olivia Young, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Paul Hogan. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, people's podcast, players podcast, prognosticators podcast, the Pronger cast, Canubal cast, Bobby Clark cast, the Hextall cast, the only Flyers podcast, Russ Joy, at Joy on Broad, Anthony Sanfilippo, at Ant San Philly. We're about to enter the 4th of July weekend, and even though they're not paying us for this uh, this episode, we're going to give you a little, little promo here. Make sure that if you haven't already loaded up on your propane, Go over to Cinch by Amerigas, cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com, promo code, it's lit five. Okay, Anthony, it's a great day because we have a little bit of an update on the Seth Jones sweepstakes. We talked about it for a long time in depth here on the show of why it could make sense for the Flyers. It's picked up a lot of steam. We want to make sure that we update the people. Don't forget, if you're listening to the podcast, you figured it out. You found your way here somehow, some way. But if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. You can leave a five-star review. We'll get to, Anthony says we have two new ones that we have from the last week. So we'll make sure that we read those. Don't forget when we get to 200, we'll be doing a giveaway. So you still have time to get in. We're not that far away from 200 five-star ratings. Make sure you leave five stars. Anything else, you're not getting credit. You're not getting it read. Uh, Anthony. Mm-hmm. The Flyers might be, and I say might be, on the precipice of acquiring a potential number one, or at, at worst, even in a down year, a top paired defenseman to pair with Ivan Provorov. And it seems like the hot stove is heating up quite a bit uh, around this idea of Chuck Fletcher pursuing Seth Jones. We can dive into some of the uh, the things that have been written in the last week about it, but are you surprised that it's it's kind of taken off as much as it has. No, because it's going to happen. I think, well, not necessarily that he's going to come to Philadelphia, but the trade, a trade of Seth Jones is going to happen. Um, I, I don't think that there's any doubt of that. So that's why I think you're seeing uh, a lot of, um, a lot of it ramp up at this point. And I mean, of course it's ramping up because the flyers uh, are involved, are interested, but uh, so are the Colorado Avalanche and so are the Chicago Blackhawks. And I'm sure that there's a couple other teams that we are unaware of right now that might uh, also be interested as well. Um, and, and I think that the interesting thing is, is I think that whatever the Flyers are offering for Seth Jones at this point, and I'm not sure what it is, but I'm, I think that whatever they're offering is probably good enough to get the deal done. And the question just becomes whether Columbus wants to keep Seth Jones in their own division or if they want to send him out of out of the division uh, and maybe even out of the conference uh, with a team like Chicago or a team like uh, like Colorado. So, um, again, like I've said many times before, a trade requires two teams and it's not like Chuck isn't out there trying to get this done. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe Chuck hasn't given his last best offer. Maybe what he's offered Columbus likes and then maybe Columbus comes back and says yeah yeah we, we just don't want to trade him in the division and maybe Chuck trumps it again with something even more who knows I mean I mean so you're saying you're saying the Seth Jones sweepstakes is like trying to buy a house right now and we're about <laughs> at that point where the realtor says best and highest 
But we're wondering if Columbus is a divorcee who's definitely discriminating against young couples with small families because their <laughs> marriage blew up. Because it's not like I have experience with that kind of thing, but I may or may not have experience with at least three different sellers who are clear divorcees hating, hating the situation of a young yeah. family. The smiles, the lovely children, their marriage went to crap. Not my fault. Not my fault. Nope. We're, Anthony, we're talking about three sellers whose marriages are in the toilet. Yeah. We're trying to buy from divorced people. Okay. That's a little goon reference for you, by the way. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So let's talk about, I, I actually read this week uh, amidst writing plenty of sports betting things over on crossingbroad.com and setting up a new podcast that we've got coming out next week. I haven't actually revealed it online. Should I reveal it to the people? Remind me at the end of the show, I'll reveal the new one. Cause you actually, you listened to it, you watched it and you wrote up a, uh, a post-mortem that I can't wait to uh, get into a little bit later, but before okay. we get there. Yeah. So uh, two of our colleagues from Press Row, I read what they wrote in the past week. Um, Sam Carcitti did in his uh, mailbag. Somebody asked about what it would take to bring Dougie Hamilton to Philadelphia. You and I are in agreement that that probably is not going to be the guy that Philadelphia looks to bring in. Maybe if Seth Jones falls by the wayside, maybe if a couple of other potential targets like a Ryan Ellis doesn't come through then maybe they come back around to Dougie Hamilton because it would be an upgrade. It's just maybe schematically, systemically, it, it doesn't totally make sense. But he brought up that with the Dougie Hamilton side of things, you would think several high draft picks and then a Sanheimer, a Myers. Uh, now, to be clear, he said that about Hamilton and then mentioned a little bit later on that it could make sense, some version of that for Seth Jones. And then we also had um, LeBron and Friedman both wrote about it as well. Um, LeBron said that they, that the flyers think he thinks that the flyers make sense and that they're still having talks that they're still reaching out. This is still like an open conversation. And the fact that he's been a guy that's been brought up so many times makes you think, you know, if, if LeBron's talking about it as much as he has over this time and Friedman's talking about it, you have to think that, that Fletcher's actually involved in, in legitimate trade discussions. This isn't just an agent floating something out there. This isn't just meant to try to force Columbus's hand. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that, that um, let's see, here's the 31 thoughts. Make sure that I cite my sources, right? That's always so important. Um, Friedman said in his 31 thoughts, point number three of the 31, still hearing a lot of Philadelphia and Jones. The Flyers are definitely working on it. And in LeBron's column, he said that, you know, Philly and the Blackhawks probably make the most sense for Jones and that um, I don't know where the, I had the package pulled up before I'll find it later. But the fact that these guys both brought it up tells me that there at least has to be something. And then SI wrote uh, another thing where they also talked about potential packages uh, that would have to go for Philadelphia. And you think about having something along the lines of, um, uh, a Sanheim about Morgan Frost about Zade wisdom and then a first round pick. So that's a lot. I mean, when you, when you think about it, like those are a lot of assets. I don't necessarily think that the value is too high, but what do you think? I'd rather Myers than Sanheim. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise I'm okay with it. Uh you know, you're going to have to I think Morgan Frost is going to have to be part of any big trade that you make, um, whether it's I know the Flyers have also been mentioned 
in you know conversations with Buffalo for Jack Eichel. I would think Morgan Frost would have to be part of that um, as well. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, Sorry, I. Obviously, he couldn't I be part of both trades, but he has to be part of one of them. So I'm I'm, sure. I'm okay with I'm okay with moving on from Frost. Um, and Zade Wisdom was a great story. I had an opportunity to do a, a really cool interview with him last year or this past season. Um, really got to got to know him um, in that interview, which is really cool. And I'd love to see him develop and become a flyer. Um, I think he would be beloved here. But if it ta- if that's what it takes to get you Seth Jones, then you you, you make that trade. So I always like to read uh, the opinions of people who don't follow the team. And I, I want you to tell me how good of a, a job these two did in assessing potential value. So this was on The Athletic, Aaron Portsline and, and Corey Pronman. They talked about a potential package, and this is what the package was. Phil Myers, Zade Wisdom, Morgan Frost, and a first-round pick in 2022. Portsline said, he would be underwhelmed. Frost is a strong prospect, but he's missed the final three months of the season following shoulder surgery. He should be ready for camp in the fall, but that's a red flag. Myers is a stay-at-home type, and wisdom looks solid but unspectacular. They better nail that first-round pick in this scenario. Pronman said Myers is a big mobile defenseman who's been up and down in the league. Frost is a very intelligent and skilled player without, without a ton of pace who could be a top-six forward. Wisdom had a uh, great season in the AHL. He's not that quick or big, but he has offense and high compete level. I'll consider him slightly better than Balsers at the time. So here's what I'll say about Portsy, who I know really well, Iron Portsline. Um, he's the most plugged in individual with the Columbus Blue Jackets that there is. All right. He would he would know if if that was a deal that was being offered, let's just say. If that's mm-hmm. what the Flyers offered, Myers, Wisdom, Frost, and a first, and the, the fact that he's a little light on that would tell me that he's either heard something else or he's heard that and Columbus wants something more. Sure. All right, so okay. let's say that it – Let's say so, that, I, that- I, I think that there's a lot to take out of that, actually, that Portsline is involved because, like, I, I'm telling you – the man is as clued in with the Columbus Blue Jackets as anyone is with another team in this league. He's great at his, at his job. So take that with, for what it's worth. I mean, I, if, he's, um, if he's underwhelmed, it could well mean that Jarmo Kukulainen's underwhelmed with that offer. Or it could just be something that we're just making up and he's just sitting there saying, yeah, I know that they're probably offering a little bit more. You know, and, and that's, this yeah. isn't enough, but something bigger would be better. In that scenario, if you were to flop out, like let's say you swapped out um, Myers and popped in Sanheim. I mean, I would still do it. I would. I'd be a little bit more reluctant because I. I think that if your Columbus more, doesn't make more sense. Well, sure. Sanheim's a better player than Myers. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I, I'm sorry. I. I, I want to think of this because I, I. I think you and I have established where we're at. Yeah. Sometimes it's important to kind of take a look at what the other side would look right. at, right? Because you think about this is happening right now in Sixers land with Ben Simmons, right? Like. Every Philadelphia fan and pundit thinks they know what his value is, but sometimes you have to look at what's being said in other circles around the league because you inherently have some kind of an emotional attachment or emotional or vitriolic reaction to that player and how things ended. So, so, so looking at it through their, through their lens kind of makes sense here. So, so looking at it through their lens, it's obvious they want an NHL level defenseman re- who to replace Seth Jones. They prefer it to be someone, um, who's on the younger side 
with some potential. Um, they obviously want a first round pick. They want a top level prospect and then a secondary level prospect. That's so that's so that's kind of yep. what you're looking at. Okay. And that's I think that that's probably fair value for Seth Jones. Um I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe if you go Sanheim, maybe if you're Columbus and you come back to me and say, Chuck, and I'm Chuck Fletcher, Chuck, uh, we want Sanheim instead of Myers. Maybe I look at it and say, okay, well then either you take a second round pick this year or the first round pick gets moved to another year down the road. You know, maybe that's how I counter. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, again, just spitballing, but I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that this is kind of the framework that you're looking at for a top end player. Um, yeah. And, and if, if we're talking this, what do you think an offer for Jack Eichel would look like? I mean, it would, it would have to incorporate Konechny or Farabee. Um, maybe both and a first round pick yeah. and a prospect, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, you know, I mean, you might be able to get them to take something else in that deal. Cause Buffalo's not right up against it. Right. So maybe, maybe they'll help you by taking some salary too. Maybe they would take a gospel spare salary. Um, but I mean, that, that's kind of what you're looking at. I mean, this is, this is the fact that these frameworks are being thrown out is kind of giving you an idea. I mean, there was a trade today, um, between the Kings and Nashville, you know, Victor Arvidsson goes to the Kings. Victor Arvidsson's a good player, but he's not Seth Jones. He's not Jack Eichel. And he was worth a second rounder this year and a third rounder next year. Right. So, I mean, if we're mm-hmm. starting to set, we're starting to set the bar as to value of, of players and we're starting to see what, where that is. And now you can start to kind of think about it and start putting together, you know, potential packages for players and see what the flyers in essence can do. I mean, we are officially now, Russ, 20 days away. We're recording this July 1. We're 20 days away from the expansion draft. And yep. I'll tell you, when that when that hits, the, the, a couple days before that, so I'll, I'll tell you that probably the expansion draft's the 21st. You're probably looking at the 19th, Monday. That day is probably going to be the day that everything really starts to, starts to fly as far as mm-hmm. – trades with seattle this and that like things are going to happen and it's probably going to start on monday from that from the 19th of of july through the end of the month it's going to be wall-to-wall transactions Mm -hmm. with the with the expansion draft the the entry-level draft and free agency all one right on top of the other this is going to it's going to be a, a nutty couple weeks in the nhl starting the 19th so we should enjoy this weekend we should enjoy our holiday weekend, relaxed with the family, and then gear up because it's going to start getting just a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit. I'm telling you, as soon as the Stanley Cup final is over, too, that's 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 also a thing. Like, the hey, at least Sarah Gustafson isn't going to win the Stanley Cup, right? Well, I mean, the, the, if, there's, if there's anything to take away. I'll tell you, and this is not unique to the NHL. A lot of sports are like this. The NFL does this too. They don't particularly particularly like trades or signings or anything being announced while this the championship's going on or while the finals are going on. So this was an off day 
And I think that that was why it was okay for the Kings and, and Nashville to announce this. They wouldn't have announced it yesterday. They won't, won't announce it. They won't have announced it tomorrow for game three. I think it makes sense that they can do it now. But once this final is over, I think you're going to start to see a wave of transactions start to happen. It's going to be a crazy, crazy offseason. So there are a couple of things really quick. So Arvidsson moving like he did, he has three years left at 4.25 million um, on that contract annually, which isn't a bad hit. And, it, and he's also a guy who had two 30-plus goal seasons in the last five years. Um, obviously, the last two years have been down, but also like games played have also been down. So it's not as if everything's fallen off for him. He would have been a, a pretty solid pickup, I think, for a lot of teams. Um, I don't know if the Flyers would have been a team to be involved. But like I, I think at some point, and we've talked about this a million times, so we're not going to rehash this one all the way, but when you're doing the calculus on what this team is and what you think this team is and how you're going to maximize the remaining window for Claude Giroux, when you're talking about maximizing whatever window uh, there is here because of the no movement for Kevin Hayes, when you think about, you know, whether Jake Voracek or James Van Riemsdyk remain here after the expansion draft, and you think about maximizing that, you have to do something that that's going to, you know, not waste their last couple of years. You can't keep kicking the can down, down the road. And if there's a deal to be made, for Seth Jones and or Jack Eichel, and it's going to cost you a couple of firsts around the, along the way or, or a few high picks over the next three or four years, at some point you have to make the move and do it. You have to do the deal. And it might hurt. And I know that there are a lot of people who are down on the idea of Seth Jones because the analytics aren't, aren't great. I'd point you to Charlie O'Connor. Charlie's like the guy who carries the mantle for analytics in the city. He wrote a thing a few days ago that I read that he even mentioned you know, Seth Jones has staggering talent and that, you know, you, you kind of, you take the risk that he's going to bounce back to the player that he was two years ago. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if, of, of all people in the world, if Charlie's willing to go in on it, then I think if, if you're an analytics junkie, I mean, that's, that's about as good as it's going to get. That's about as ringing of an endorsement as you're going to get from the analytics community that talent when it is, at the level that Jones was a couple of years ago. And I would still say that he's not the, the antichrist that a lot of people right now are trying to make him out to be that, that, that don't like some of his underlying numbers. You have to go out and do things that are going to, are going to raise the ceiling for the team. These well, next couple of years. Let me, let me and, say it's, this. and it's not selling out because draft picks are not a guarantee. Let me say this, Russ. There's, there's something a little bit different about playing Jones's style of hockey for John Tortorella and playing Jones's style of hockey for Elaine Vigneault. Like Elaine Vigneault wants his defensive defenseman activated and jumping up in the play and making, making, you know, getting shots on goal and, and being offensive and being involved. Tortorella is the complete opposite. He wants his defenseman playing defense. And I think that, Jones was maybe a little bit of a victim of Tortorella's coaching style. And that if he gets into a, a, a coaching system where he has a little bit more freedom, a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more opportunity to put up the kind of numbers that he put up a few years ago, I think that that would, that would be a boon for him. Colorado would be phenomenal for him, right? I mean, you see the way that that team – plays off they don't play defense <laughs> they play offense and say goalie make the save right 
Grubauer, you you stop everything. But we're gonna we're just gonna you know get fifty five shots on goal every game. Um, but you know what the so I think I, I think no, and I'm just finishing the point is that teams that are that allow their defensemen to be more active and more involved on the offensive end will would would be the kinds of teams that Seth Jones would be the most beneficial on. And that's why I think it's intriguing that the three names you hear the most are Colorado, Chicago, and Philadelphia, because those systems tend to be that kind of offense first for defensemen. So I just think, I think that's why those teams maybe have the most interest in Seth Jones. Well, I mean, I guess the, the immediate response to that is going to be the people who are going to say, well, what about Wierenski? Because his numbers were so good. Right. And he also played in Tortorella system. So, do we, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's a, a way to explain that necessarily because they both played under the same coach, but it kind of is what it is, right? Um, when, when we take a look at the way to improve this team, you know that you have to get a top pair defenseman by the time this offseason is over. And if you don't, you've effectively condemned yourself to a, a similar season that you had last year. The only player, let's do this before we sign off for the, for the holiday weekend. Three untouchables. You have to pick three. Don't say that like everybody is tradable. Realistically, if you're Chuck Fletcher, who are the three guys on this team that you do not part with in either? And and I know that you're all in on Eichel. You don't care. But I want you to think logically for a second. Who are the three guys that you would not part with? And are they different than the three that you think Chuck Fletcher would not part with? That's a hard question to ask, Russ, because like I said, I could I could trade anybody, but. Um, if, if I have to pick three that and I obviously Claude, Claude Giroux is probably off there because of, of his claws and Kevin Hayes is definitely off there because of his claws. Or we, we don't, we're not, so, so they don't, they don't count those two. Right? We're not going to count them because they, so three they other, they have, three they have, other they have, players, a big issue there. three yeah. other players besides those two. Uh, again, uh, with the caveat that I would trade anybody in the right deal. If I have to pick three Carter Hart, <sighs> Joel Farabee, Ivan Provorov. Wow. If I had to pick three. If it were Provorov for Eichel straight up. I it. thought you said, yeah, well, I was going to say. Well, that's why so he's not okay. untouchable. So, so no, nobody's untouchable for me. That's why I said that's with, with the caveat that yeah. I would trade anyone in the right deal because I mm-hmm. would. I would trade Carter Hart for Jack Eichel. I, I've had this. Yeah. I said that in the last episode. Um. You know, there's only so many generational talents, and, and Jack Eichel certainly is one of them. Um, so I would trade anybody for Jack Eichel. But in lieu of the fact, with you setting the parameters that I have to yeah. pick three players that I wouldn't trade, and I can't put Giroux and Hayes on the list because they are they have no trade clauses. Those would be the three I would say. But I'm not beholden to keeping them here. I could certainly be convinced of trading any one of those three players in the right deal. I think I would be pretty much in line with you. The only, the only one that I might swap out is Provorov. And I, I would replace that with Couturier for one reason. I know Couturier is going to be in line for a big deal. We all know that that's going to happen. We all know that. And, and, we'll eventually get into this again. We've talked about it before that there are legitimate injury concerns. There are legitimate questions about how long should that contract be? We talked about the fact that like it, it's conceivable that his number and Giroux's number effectively flip flop. Although I don't see Giroux taking 4 million a year. Um, 
I think that what you would lose in a Couturier deal is such a loss, not only in the locker room and on the ice, you're losing your best two way forward. You're losing a guy who looks like he would inherit the C whenever Claude Giroux moves on. Um, and, and you're creating a massive hole because the only deal that I think would make any kind of sense is if you're getting a legit number one defenseman. Like, I don't even know if I would say if Sean Couturier and Jack Eichel were involved in the same deal, you would have to be able to guarantee me Jack Eichel's health. If you can't do that, there's no way that you part with Sean Couturier. Yeah, so, I, I'd, I'd put him in there. So the only reason I left Couturier out, because I think Couturier is the best player on the team, mm-hmm. and, and I think he's the most important player on the team, but the only reason I left him out is if we're talking about trading players, he has the most value on this team. Sure. So if we're going to say sit there and say that you're going to get something in return for whoever you're trading, you're going to get something in return for. I I, I and I, I'm going to make a trade. I'm trading Sean Couturier. I'm going to get the best return for him over any other player on the team. Yeah. So therefore, that's the only reason I left him out of that of the of the top three. And I knew fair. that I knew that you were going to bring that up, which is why I, I left him out. But that's the only that's the only reason I left him out. I mean, otherwise, yes, he's Shankatore is the most important player on this team. Um, he's the best player on this team, and I, you, it would take a lot for me to trade Sean Couturier. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. I'm glad that we both agree on Farabee because that's a name that has obviously come up, and I think a, a lot of. Um, a lot of other blogs that you read or a lot of other writers that you read when, when there are, are trade rumors being floated out there, you're no longer seeing Farabee and Frost being put in the same level like they would have been even going into this past season. It's clear that Farabee has established himself on the at the NHL level, has been able to stay healthy and has proven himself to be somebody who can put the puck in the net, whereas Frost has been injured and inconsistent. Uh, to me, Farabee cannot be moved. There, there is such little upside and and it would have to be the perfect trade to even consider it. But he's he's at a ridiculously affordable cap hit. He's proven a, a propensity for being able to find the back of the net. He's ridiculously young. Young, cheap, talented. You can't part with that, which is obviously one of the biggest reasons that you can't part with Carter Hart either. So there we go. That's our top three. By the way, people, let us know over on Twitter at SnowTheGoalie, Instagram at SnowTheGoalie, Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. Let us know what your top three untouchable players would be and what it would take. Like, what do you think at the end of the day, a trade for Seth Jones could look like? What do you think a trade for Jack Eichel could look like to me? If you manage to pull off and we talked about this, but if you manage to pull off a deal that brings in a number one defenseman like Seth Jones, and you're still, um, you still have not depleted the cupboard and you can still make a run at a Jack Eichel. All of a sudden, Ant, we're not talking about a team that's a, a a borderline bubble playoff team. We're talking about a team that not only has a legitimate shot of being a top three squad in this league, you're talking about a team that actually does have the ceiling to potentially legitimately compete for a Stanley Cup. So we'll leave it there. I know that you wanted to uh, make sure that we talked about new five-star reviews because that's that's really why we're here. It's not for the hockey analysis. It's not to update people on potential trade rumors. It's not to wish them a happy 4th of July. It's none of that. It's all about the five-star reviews, (laughs) you vain, vain SOB. All right. That's all I care about. So we have gotten to a point where up to 181 five-star ratings. We're at 154 five-star reviews. 
when we get to 200 five-star reviews, the ratings are great. By the way, we, we do appreciate the ratings. But when you go on and leave a five-star review, it doesn't even have to be a long one. Remember, you don't even need an Apple device. You can go sign up. You can download Apple Podcasts. You can go to apple.com and you can set up an Apple account, leave a five-star review. We have uh, two, two new five-star reviews since last week, and we're grateful for them. So let's get into it. Um, is this Ari Logan? Ari Logan? Do we go Ari, like Ari Gold from Entourage? You're make me look Ari Logan. Now. I'm going to say Ari Logan. Snow the goalie, five stars. Great info on Hackstall hiring and the latest on hockey. Show is always entertaining and informative. Always looking forward, uh, always looking for the next episode to listen to. So thank you, Ari Logan. I hope he said that right. Yeah. And if I didn't blame Absolutely, Anthony, it's Ari. his fault. Yeah. And then uh, CPH8 says, release the ant. Russ and ant. Oh, I like that. I like my name being first. That's great. Good ego boost. Russ and ant always provide in-depth coverage of the team that has its sources backed up. Love their open conversations and giving us the honest coverage needed to be a true Flyers fan. I love every time Ant gets on a rant and putting Fairweather fans in their place. Look forward to every episode and cannot wait to see how their predictions for the season turn out. Thank you both for the great coverage. No, thank you, CPH8. That was awesome. Leaving that's a five-star rating. Great, that's a great review. review. That is. a great review. You just like it because they kind of boosted. See, that person was smart because they did two things. They put my name first, ego boost to me. They gave you a pat on the back for putting people in their place. Big ego boost to you. My name and ultimately the, the five star review. It's it's great. You're right. You're oh, you know what? Then you know we gotta we gotta <laughs> cut this one back. Maybe I'm not as high on this as, as I was before. Uh, listen, you found this show. Make sure you go hit subscribe on whatever app you're listening to. By the way, and I don't know if you know this or not, we are blowing up big time on Spotify. Been looking at the metrics of where people are really? listening to the show. Spotify. Of all the shows on the Crossing Rod Podcast Network, and that obviously includes, if we go a little bit bigger to the CBWG podcast, that, that includes all of the Elite Sports New York podcasts as well. We're the number one podcast from that large entity on Spotify. So we have a lot of listeners on Spotify, which is nice. Um, but I do have news, and we've talked about this before, but for those of you who might not know, if you have a Google device, if you have an Android device, you can say, <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to mess anybody's smart home stuff up, but if you say, hey, Google, play the latest episode of Snow the Goalie of Flyers podcast, boom, it'll pull it up. That could be, I think my phone's about, yep, my phone's about to do it. Don't do it, phone. Don't do it. So if you have an Android, if you have a Google Home, there you go. If you have an Apple device, if you have a Mac, if you have an iPad, an iPhone, um, you can just say, hey, Siri, play Snow the Goalie of Flyers podcast, bingo, bango, bongo. It'll happen. It, and now if you have an Amazon Echo Dot, or any kind of Amazon-enabled device, or if you have the Amazon Alexa app on your phone or smart device and you say, Alexa, play the most recent episode of Snow the Goalie Flyers podcast, bingo, bango, bongo, you get it there as well. You can also find us on Spotify, obviously, Stitcher. Uh, if you're on Spotify, if you have like a PlayStation 5, you can listen to us in the embedded Spotify player on, uh, on your PS5, just like me. It's great. It's great, Ant, see that? If you have a smart TV at home, Spotify, free to set up. You can listen to it there as well. Apple Podcasts is where you have to go if you're going to leave a five-star rating and five-star review. It's the only place that genuinely impacts our rankings among other hockey podcasts in the U.S. and abroad. We've been charting really well in a number of countries, which is always a nice thing. So that's pretty swell. Make sure you, you uh, keep an eye out on CrossingBroad.com in the upcoming week because we're going to be dropping a new show. I'll, I'll announce it here. We have a new show coming out. It's called Dumb Drafts. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it is... It might be my favorite show that we've ever conceptualized. 
And that actually means even more than this one, when I'm saying the infancy stage, the conceptual idea of what dumb drafts is. And Anthony wrote up an entire postmortem. The, uh, what, would, what did you call it? The, I'm the ombudsman. The ombudsman uh, report where Anthony went back and listened to the episode. He watched the episode and he broke it down and critiqued. So dumb drafts every week we're going to be putting out. It's, it's staffed. The first episode is staffed just by crossing broad writers and personalities, including the maestro himself, Kyle Scott, who came out of his six year podcast retirement to be part of the show um, where we drafted Philadelphia news teams. So you had to pick three uh, either anchors or uh, like utility players, a meteorologist and a sports person. He had to draft somebody who was on six ABC, one on NBC 10, one on um, eyewitness news, and then one on Fox 29. And then your wild card round round five got to be whoever you wanted. So make sure you check it out. It was myself, Kyle, Kevin Kincaid, Tim Riley, who might be the smartest person who writes for the site and is only allowed to write one or two times a month because we are not worthy. And then Robert Coggin Toboggan himself, unmasked for the podcast and uh well i'm not gonna say who won but it was an interesting episode video guy craig who didn't know who any of these news people were was our judge but the thought here going forward is going to be that um we're gonna have some i'm gonna make a prediction some 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 philly personalities who are going to come on as uh celebrity judges in the upcoming episodes i'm gonna make make a prediction okay without giving anything away from the first episode yeah my prediction is this the snow, the goalie listeners will agree with the ombudsman's take more mm. than they will the judging of one Craig Dudek. I think you're probably right. So make sure you go <laughs> check it out. I don't know which day we're going to drop it. We were planning on Monday, but since the holidays popping up on Sunday, we might we might wait till Tuesday. I don't know. But you can actually go follow that that account right now on Twitter at Dumb Drafts. And um, we also have an email set up for it, dumbdrafts at gmail.com. So you guys are the first ones to hear. Those of you who stuck around for the whole podcast, you're the first people to know. Go follow the show. Make sure you follow it on, I think it's on pretty much every podcast app right now. I think the only one that we're waiting on right now um, as of recording this is Apple Podcasts, but the rest of them, um, it's already up on Spotify. It's already up on Stitcher uh, and it's on Amazon Music. So I think Apple Podcasts is the only one that we're, we're waiting on. So we'll be there. We'll be there by Monday or Tuesday, whenever it is. So Fear not, my friends, but make sure you go follow that show as well. Anthony, uh, anything that you want to say to the people as we get ready for Independence Day? Anything? Well, first of all, happy Canada Day to our listeners up in Canada. Oh, good point. I mean, you got to do that, right? Today is good Canada point. Day. Um, I'm ashamed. Yeah, well, that's all right. That's all right. I, you know, I, I, think of the, I think of the people outside of our area. Um, and of course, happy, happy Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day to our American listeners. Um, and, uh, look forward to, look, it's going to get, it's going to get hectic quick. Yeah. Um, it's going to be busy quick. I mean, we were talking about this off air, but we are 20, we are recording this on the first, we are 20 days away from the expansion draft. We are mm-hmm. 20 days away. So I would say that, so that the 21st of, Ju- of uh, July is on a Wednesday, right? If I'm not mistaken, 19, 20, yeah, it's the, it's the, what's a Wednesday. Um, yep. I would say the Monday before that July 19th is when things are going to start to really ramp up. And between that and the draft immediate, the amateur draft immediately following that and the opening of free agency immediately following that, that week to two weeks is going to be 
pure insanity for the NHL. And I think that the Flyers are going to be very actively involved in it. I think we're going to be very busy. So get ready, everyone. It's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of emergency snow the goalies, I think. (laughs) Well, not only that, I think it's probably, I think it's probably safe to say that there is a decent chance that at some point very soon we'll be making an announcement. I think that we might have to uh, bring somebody in to help us with all of that coverage going through this off season and into next season. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So for Anthony, find him on Twitter and Instagram at Ant Sanfilly. I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Snow the Goalie, Instagram at Snow the Goalie, Facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie. We hope everybody has a great, safe, happy 4th of July weekend. We'll talk to you again next week as things are about to get really hot. It's going to melt the ice in the next few weeks. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk to you next week.